On this episode of NC Raw, we welcome to the roundtable Lauren Garvey to share her personal experience with recovery and kind of what it's done for her life. Some major takeaways in talking with her in depth about uh, incarceration and um, what what she was given while her time incarcerated and what she learned from that experience. Um, the girl's just a firecracker, man. She's full of energy. She's passionate about this stuff. She um, she's dedicated and committed to to not just changing and not just her recovery, but also sharing that with other other people, specifically those who who are in similar situations to herself. She she goes into detail about um, going back into the jails and on a regular basis and talking with the girls and, and sharing that, that story of recovery. It was just an overall phenomenal conversation with her. I'm super proud of her and um, very excited to potentially work with her more in the future. So let's give it up for Lauren Garvey. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed. We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals. Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Yo, Lauren Garvey. Yeah, that's me. Welcome to the podcast. All right, I'm so excited. I've been, uh, since uh, Caleb told me I was getting on here, I've just been like, not stressing it, but just overly grateful. Yeah. Gratitude for getting the chance to be on here with you guys he hit me up a, a few months back month and a half or so ago and he was like hey I, I got somebody that would just be great on the podcast and um we were searching for something in yeah particular. i don't I can't I, remember what yeah. it was and i was like i got somebody you, you reached out to him <laughs> yeah and I, he, twice and you reached something. out before i was starting my run or on my run or something i believe I think, well yeah it might have been on the beginning of your run. yeah yeah Tell me, Caleb, what your so we got my man Caleb McCoy. McCoy's What's course. up, y'all? My yeah, right hand man. I want to know what your first impressions were of Lauren and why you were like, 
so excited about getting her on the show. Well, you know, I got to thinking about uh, peer support. I was in peer support mm-hmm. training with her, with the amazing Richie Tanner Hill as our um, trainer in that class that week, and and Caitlin was in there as well. But I got to thinking, like, you know, me and Caitlin's we're pretty outspoken. We, we you know, we you think? know we have a voice. Yeah. We use it. Uh huh. And tell me more. So I in class that mm-hmm. week, another person that was really outspoken and wasn't scared to to speak her mind was lauren and i I really i got to thinking about that i was like well you know she'd be a a real asset to the show so that's what i was that's you know the first thought i had about that so tonight was the first time that i've met lauren face to face but we've communicated both um on the phone and text and stuff and i just have to say she's just like a ball full of energy like and she just radiates it out and talking to her on the phone and and like i could feel it through the text messages like she was legitimately like fired up Mm -hmm. to come on and like share that message um not just with us but with like our audience so uh thanks for thanks for taking us up on that offer yeah yeah glad to have you lauren we're excited about this yeah so happy to be here before we get into the details, mm-hmm. we do want to promote some local community events that are going to be taking place over the next couple weeks. The first thing first is tomorrow night, because we've been dropping the ball on this one, Caleb. Uh-oh. Come on. T- tomorrow night, Tuesday, in Cherokee, what do you got? Oh, we got the uh, Raise Hope. Um <laughs> Hush, puppy. And you. <laughs> we got the Res Hope Recovery. We, we, we're still trying to come up with a catchy name for it, but the recovery classes um, in our community. You do a weekly class every a Tuesday night. Class every Tuesday night. We've been having it at the Wolftown Gym, uh, which is right located right across from, right across from Santa's Land. Okay. And it's what time been, does it start? It's going to be from 530 to 7. All right. We've had a, a huge um, amount of support at these things. Last week before last, we had Chief Sneed come out, and he he come out and spoke to the group. We um, averaging about twenty two people a class right yeah, now. Yeah. And what we're doing is, you know, the the curriculum that we're teaching on right now is tips for recovering parents. Love it. And so we we're adding stuff to that. You know, we're taking we're making it our own thing. Mm-hmm. It's creating your own curriculum. Yeah. But you started the conversation and you're continuing that. Mm-hmm. Now, who's invited? Everybody, if you're breathing, come on out. You can hear your words. <laughs> That's right. You're invited. Awesome. Uh, also, towards the end of the month of August, I told you I'm going to be there tomorrow, right? You better be I there. I told you that. I'm about tired of you not showing up. <laughs> August 31st. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, August 31st is International Overdose Awareness Day. There's a couple events taking place. Um, the first one is here in Macon County over in Franklin. So for all of our Jackson County, Cherokee, and Macon County folks, Full Circles Recovery Center is hosting the fifth annual Night of Hope. And that's going to be at 365 Almond Drive in Franklin starting at 6 p.m., it's an opportunity to come out as a community to celebrate the lives of those in recovery, uh, to pray for those who are struggling, and remember loved ones who have lost who, who we have lost from addiction. Um, they're inviting everybody in the community out to come and participate in a memorial and sh- share your loved ones' names whom you would like to be remembered. I know Caleb's going to be there because while su- supplies last, they're offering free barbecue along with free (laughs) t-shirts 
We're not even gonna go there right now. <laughs> Actually, we uh, I think we're gonna have an NC Raw table there too. But they're gonna have barbecue pork dinner while supplies last. A free event T-shirt. Um, they're gonna be doing opioid overdose prevention and Narcan reversal kits uh, distribution Good. while you're yeah. there. So everybody's invited. You don't have to identify as being in recovery. Just all recovery allies. Yeah, and you know one thing that I encourage everybody to do is you know people are always asking like, well, how can I get involved? It's it's events like this right here that you build that network of uh, people that that's that can get you involved in these different activities and everything, and so you can learn more about exactly. Uh, how, how you can help you yeah. know yeah. i mean you gotta get out of your comfort zone and attend these things get involved that's right the second is taking place on the very same day august 31st in Asheville for all of our buncombe Woo! county peeps tuning that's in me, we know we got me. a lot tonight oh yeah hey Asheville. over in <laughs> pack square from 5 to 8 p.m they are they're hosting a overdose awareness day what event day august 31st you need to be sending me these dates from 5 to 8 p.m yeah. Um, they got speakers from oh, the Buncombe County Public Health Department, North Carolina Harm Reduction Coalition, Seek Healing, the Steady Collective, local policymakers, just a lot of a lot of um, a lot of people in the community. They're also doing personal testimonies. Um, they're doing a similar memorial service and naloxone training, also some live music. So come on out to that again, August thirty first from five to eight p.m. At Pack Square in Asheville. Okay. So we got to decide which one we want to go to. Yeah. Yeah, the one in Asheville. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> well, we <t> we, <laughs> we don't have to make decisions right now, but you can you can think about it. At this point in the show, we typically do um, we recognize folks in our community with their. Uh, anyone celebrating anniversaries we got a public post going where we're asking you to submit your anniversaries however i don't have anybody that's taking place this week so um i've got hey check this out bring it <laughs> um so this coming friday i will be out of jail for a year Woo, that's something to celebrate yeah. that yeah. is something to celebrate yeah. so i'm pretty excited about that getting ready to graduate from sat class yeah. thank you baby you're amazing so yeah i'm pretty excited about that one year, brother. Sorry. I'm actually I'm I'm more excited about that than my clean date. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because I mean, just the fact that by the grace of God, you know, the things that I've been able to uh, been able to accomplish, you know, in that, that amount short of time. amount of time. <laughs> I remember you were at nine months. It's been five months since uh, since y'all met. Since I met you, uh, you can go back to jail, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Let's cut up on Caleb tonight. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> so I'm gonna give hey, let's give a couple shout outs what here. What we got? What we got? What you Mose got? Carey from um he's from Oklahoma. Uh-huh. We got to have dinner with Mose. What's up, Mose? Hey Mose. Myra uh Jones, Kelly, Tracy, Heather Sexton, Stephanie Wiggins. Thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all are amazing. Jermaine just tuned yeah, yeah, yeah. in. Yeah, I got Jermaine? some too. I got Jermaine. like I got more than I can count. I got Angela, Brock, uh, I got Morgan, I got Thomas checking in, Rhiannon, I got Heather. What's up, Heather? That's my family. Uh, I got Doris. Hey, Doris. I got my beautiful girlfriend, Janae. I got Char. 
That's my sponsor. That's been a big part of my success. Uh, Robert, right. Christy, Colton. That's wow. my family. That's my family. I love you, brother. Come on. Kimberly Wilson. She's in the program with me. I got <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> I got uh, Full house. I got Tammy. That's your mom. Hey, Steven's mom. <laughs> Um, I mean, they just keep coming. I just am so grateful for all that support. That's amazing. Thank you guys for the love. Yeah, for sure. So now it's Can't time to do it without y'all. Now it's time to get down to it, huh? All right, let's do, do it. it. What do you think? Lauren Garvey. Lauren Garvey. Woo. You prepare? You, ner- you nervous now? Have you, just, have you just pointed out everybody that's watching? Yeah, I know. It's the reality <laughs> of it, huh? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think uh, I got two great guys that are going to have my back. So Where does this story begin? Where's my story begin? Um, my story probably is going to begin for me um, in New Hampshire. That's where I was born and raised. Um, Whereabouts in New Hampshire? Hinsdale, to be exact. Small little uh-huh. town. I think there was about, God, it's been so long since high school has been so long ago. Uh, we had a real small town. I think there's like 200 people in our high school. So kind of like a rural type community? Yeah, like- and actually before uh, public school, though, I, um, I went to private Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the uh, religion, you know, that was it was taught to me through like Roman Catholic, which is like Old Testament, mm-hmm. kind of like, um, you know, you confess your sins. And uh, I kind of started to believe like uh, that God was gonna, well, he was ridiculing me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like some of the things that I grew up with as far as the church went. Um, I remember, I remember we were doing the rosary. We were going around. It's something they do in the Catholic Church, and you go to each uh, the twelve. What was it the twelve? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Come on, Jesus. Um, <laughs> anyways, so you go to, you go around and and you're saying the ro- the rosary. And I remember they had the uh, sage that they were burning, and it was so strong, like kids were passing out, and like they wouldn't let us leave the church. <laughs> so like we're you know we're pretty like you know became very. Uh, well behaved you know because it wasn't it wasn't no joke around there um but anyway so i was super grateful because it was great education received Mm -hmm. very good education um and i was close to my nanny which um she was like a huge huge blessing in my life she um oh oh sorry huge blessing in my life like i um just super grateful for her. You know, she taught me how to work hard. She taught me how to, you know, do what I said I was going to do. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. basically just learn, you know, like, I enjoy working. And I know that's from my nanny. Like, I could pretty much be picking up sticks off the ground and I would find enjoyment in it. Like, that's kind of woman she taught me to be. So at an early age, she kind of instilled those core values. Yes. And that discipline. Good morals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How'd you end up uh, in this neck of the woods? All right, so <laughs> it's funny. We were just talking about my nanny. So uh, after high school, you know, I had done super good in sports. Um, but well, had, What sport did you play? I played soccer. Uh, I actually went to London and played soccer with my what? traveling team. I was super good at soccer. I had okay. a, actually had a scholarship to go to college up there at UNH, and I didn't take it. Um, I was running from something. Yeah. I'll get into that. Um so anyways, uh, I was all state in New Hampshire for basketball two years, my junior what? and senior year. Oh, yeah. And then I played softball just to stay in shape for the other two. Just to and stay was, in shape. And I was pretty good at that, too. I was actually a left-handed shortstop. So I was, unheard of. Yeah, yeah. It's unheard pretty of. unheard of. Yeah. Um, anyone that's athletic knows that. So And I was usually like lead-off hitter. Um, yeah, I didn't come out of the games. Like I just played all the time. So great endurance. Um, my nanny left when I was 16. 
she moved down here with um, my sister. I think they just wanted to get away from the winters, which I do not blame them. Yeah. Um, it was heartbreaking for me, though, because I was so close to her. And, um, you know, there was some problems at home with my mom um, that I never really talked to anybody about. I kept it kind of a secret. So, you know, I was this great, awesome, popular girl at school. And then at home, it was it was different. It was... I had to put on this mask, and um, and I did. So when Nanny left, I, I kind of left, lost my safety blanket. Uh, so when she left, I decided, well, I'm going. After I graduate high school, I'm coming. Um, let me ask you this: like, ha- having had you know quite a few people sit down at this table, that seems to be somewhat of a common um, theme: is that we we have experienced these feelings, but we don't know how to express them. Right, because you said you felt kind of like you didn't know how to, this popular girl, athlete, you know, overall just, you know, what appeared to be a very happy person, had a lot of things going for you, but you were dealing with some stuff inside and you didn't feel, didn't know how to express that. I, I want to encourage you. I mean, I hear you say you had problems at home. If you can elaborate on that, just, I mean, sure. if you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't uh, mind. The reason I have a hard time talking about it is because you guys know my mom passed. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a hard time because I've kind of like, I've forgiven her for all that, but I don't mind to elaborate at all. Um, my mom was an alcoholic and um, I went through physical, uh, mental, and emotional abuse um, almost on the daily mm-hmm. from the time I was, you know, my first memory was me not being able to get my mom's attention to take you know, the training wheels off my bike. So I did it myself and I got on the bike and I rode it. And it would actually start a a lifetime of me not asking for help. Um, And that's one of my first memories. And uh, (laughs) so, yeah, um, there was just a lot of, there was just alcoholism. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually that would be the reason that my mom passed. She she, um, died from cirrhosis of the liver. And uh, I miss her, love her, forgive her for all that stuff. Thank you for sharing that, Lauren. Yeah, you're welcome. What, um, at what point did you move down here and, like, really? When did the, so this is, so when I moved down here, the drinking started. I drank some. For, on, with yourself? When I, what? Why did you drinking move down started? here? I moved down here for my, for my nanny. That was okay. my main reason. And okay. then that's when, um, the drinking started. I wasn't going to school. I didn't have sports in my life anymore. Um, I'm not going to say I met the wrong crowd because like I've always been kind of a leader. So the wrong crowd probably met me, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I was definitely like, let's go, you know, let's do these things. Let's <laughs> I like do, it. Yeah. I never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm definitely wasn't like I <laughs> fall into the wrong crowd. Uh, I started drinking and, um, you know, my mom being alcoholic, my dad being alcoholic, I think it was inevitable. I didn't just drink occasionally. I drank you know, I could drink and drink and not black out because I was so young. I had so much, you know, energy, but eventually that's what it came down to. And eventually like drugs started to seep in and I liked the drugs more than I liked the alcohol. Um, and then of course the law, Yeah. the law started getting involved (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Um, it let me out a lot of times, but eventually it was just, I started staying in jail. Um, and then, of course, they sent me to prison, and um, I got caught up with a girl that was a heroin addict, and, um, you know, I never knew about 
I guess I could say like this the side of the street that comes with um heroin addiction it it is a different it was different for me um as far as like lived it breathed it that's all I knew and um and that's when the charges really started to add up I stole I broke into houses to get what I needed um you know anything you can think of I lied cheated and stole to get uh what I needed for my drugs Bouncing like in and out of jail and experiencing like you know getting all those charges kind of uh, piling up on you. Did what was your what was your thought process in regards to like recovery or like what was available or if it was like was it an option to um, stop that behavior? Did oh. the thought cross your mind? Uh. I don't think so. It's like when I when I would when I would actually sit down, let's say in prison, I would be like, I'm gonna get out and I'm not gonna do that. But I can't remember the 18 times I went to jail. I can't remember one person saying anything about recovery. It was the 19th time that my now sponsor. I finally heard, you know, I think one of the first things I heard her say is, "There's another way to live," and I was in such desperationly and you know god was speaking through me in that or speaking through her in that moment and i heard there's another way to live like i was like that sounds good Give, let me Sign hear me some up. more yeah let me hear some <laughs> more of that and yeah. um but you know before that i never you know i never was like the person that got picked to go to treatment i never um no one ever really said anything or maybe i just wasn't listening it's yeah. really hard to tell because mm-hmm. i didn't listen to anybody i i still struggle with that you know, <laughs> uh, I just don't use drugs, but, um, but yeah, I don't ever remember. Sorry. Sorry. I know. <laughs> uh, this guy's on me. Yeah. Take it. Take it all. Um, yeah, I don't ever, I just, I, and, and that's when it became a big passion for me is I want to speak to the jails and want to speak to the prison. Cause you just never know. Like maybe someone's just never heard those words. Yeah. Maybe no one's ever heard. Like there's another way to live, you know? And that's one of the things that we were talking about before the show started is like, you know, I asked her, who who taught your peer support class? She said, Richie. And I was like, so what would have happened if that person walked into that jail the second time you were arrested and said, hey, there's another way. Hey, I, I support you. Let me help you. Let me offer you these set of skills. How would your life be different right now? You know, like what? Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? Right? I, I mean, that just goes back to this stuff that we're always doing. You know, we get we get a little... <laughs> frustrated you know and it gets a little disappointing sometimes because we're like man how come they don't get it you know what i mean like but mm-hmm. that's that you know that's not up to us the harvest yeah. isn't up to us you know it's just planting the seeds yeah. keep planting the seeds and loving people you know that, that's yeah. what it's about but in talking with what she just shared like it it sounds like from what you can recall there yeah. wasn't a whole lot of seed planting yeah, going I don't, on i don't remember it at all right so like what is the i I mean but really though like i I can remember go ahead i mean this is your go on man i I really think that a lot of times like you said we're not listening yeah yeah you know i also think though too is is maybe we're in your jails there is but i really think where i was no absolutely not i think that there's a lack of it and like i said when i got out and you know i started getting some clean time like that's because why i'm so passionate about going in the prison uh which is actually something i do i go in the prison every monday missed it tonight to be here but that's fine they're all praying for me um and my hopes to go into the jail soon and and just be like you know i was telling him earlier too um i asked for help 
and some, you know, what they said to me was, well, there's a waiting list. You know, not, that's awesome. Let's see what we can do for you. Not like, yes, are you ready? You're ready? Cool. That's great. Mm -hmm. there, we got a bunch of options. Um, you know, like even if you have to be on a waiting list, no, just the simple answer of, uh, it's going to be a waiting list. I'll get back to you. You don't, you don't do that to someone that's asking for help. I think it, I mean, we got a, our stories are very similar. Like with me going up to council and early recovery and not having a lot of opportunities at that point, you yeah. know, just being out of jail for a couple of months. And then they tell me like, I said, I really want to do this for my recovery. And they were like, no, you know, the rules have been, the the rules were written back in 1980. What's up y'all? Nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead back in 1980 and there's nothing we can do about it and so i just really seen and just like you lauren you seen an opportunity to make a change yeah you didn't get better you got better you yeah. think you've seen an opportunity to be like okay well did something just happen oh to God, the keep going keep going yeah. that's really yeah. confusing <laughs> what happened with that it's bad wi-fi oh, right. yeah but we're doing a podcast we're not doing a show okay, on facebook yeah. so keep on going <laughs> um hush puppy you're you're on you're on to something i know, I know. you're on to something give me a minute so what was that you you had reached out for help right you asked who did you approach um they, i think rha is what they call it in buncombe county the guy came from rha i can't remember his name and um you know i wanted to i think i was in jail for 39 days i think by about Three weeks into it, I um, finally was like, all right, let's try treatment. That sounds good to me. Let's try treatment. Um, I was pretty institutionalized, so me going out in, like, a halfway house and trying to do recovery that way, I wasn't – I wasn't – I was just not really certain with that. So I – something told me. I'm going to say God told me treatment, you know, treatment. Get somewhere where you're, you're – um, you got structure and that you can kind of, like, slowly get back into – the real world because mm -hmm. I wasn't living in the real world at mm -hmm. all for about you know eight years did you even know what it was like to live in the real right, world? right exactly um so you you reached out there wasn't much going on did you start but you met somebody in jail that offered you some hope mm -hmm. and taught yeah. you some skills good lord bless this lady man she my sponsor dude like she um I can't even, like, I don't know if I could explain it, but, like, she came in there, and initially someone said, come on, get out of your, your cell. Just come in, and you can get you get out of your cell for an hour. It's worth it. Come on. She's great. And I got in there, and I'm like, all right, you know, I got this big ego, like, cross my arms. Sorry. <laughs> crossing my arms, and I'm like, uh, I'm just, like, totally turned off. And, like, I just, just her smile just mm -hmm. that authentic of just like she had something mm -hmm. and I wanted it and yeah. she didn't have to say that but through her saying certain words like there's another way and like those I believe in you is like when you're in that real dark darkness like some people are like you don't believe in me you know but like when someone's really hurting and they hear somebody say that that's what that's when you catch that person that's when that seed's planted you know and I don't think I was ready to listen i don't think i was ready to find another way to live but in that moment when she said those things and there was so much authentic to it i was just like tell me some more and i started listening and then i started picking up these little tools and then um i got vulnerable and i asked for help 
And I didn't ask the jail. I didn't ask the people that worked at the jail. I asked her. I said, I was crying. You know, I wasn't like bawling, but I was tearing up. I said, I need help and I don't know what to do. Yeah. She said, you know, she gave me a solution. Uh, I went to Sunrise. You guys know about Sunrise? Familiar with it, yeah. Yeah, I love Sunrise. I, I walked out. Uh, I first went to RHA. After I just seen how they treat me in jail, I, wa- I walked up there and... Um, which I'm going to get to a point there, too. I walked there, and they pretty much told me they couldn't help me. Yeah. Well, they have a peer living lounge now. So anyone that walks in there and says, I need something or I just need somewhere to hang out, I think it's open till like, 7 o'clock. You can go there from early hours in the morning till 7 o'clock at night. You know, So now like when someone comes in there and they say they need help, they got somewhere they can just be safe. Mm-hmm. And um, But anyways, I found that in Sunrise while that was while RHA couldn't, you know, really help me at the time. And um, were they the ones that helped you get find the program that you? They were okay. Yep. Talk about that a little bit. So um, transition process like I don't. uh, I was so I was had so much shame and guilt that I couldn't even um, lift my head up. I didn't want to look at people in the eye. I didn't want to tell anybody what I'd been through. I thought, you know, I was the only one that had been through what I'd gone through and that I was the only one trying to get help. And I very much separated myself from, um, you know, they say, you know, uh, focus on your similarities, not your differences. I had differences with everybody in the beginning. So um, easy to see them though. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And so they, you know, nobody, it was the first time nobody forced me to do anything, you know, since my addiction. Nobody was like, you should do it this way. They simply were just there. I don't even think they, I think I was the one that said, I want long-term treatment. And like they had five different options and I applied to three of them and I got into uh, two of them. And um, one said I couldn't get in because I had to go through something. And I got into first at Blue Ridge. The other one was about two and a half hours away. I got into first and um, I don't know the exact details, but from my understanding is they pushed for me to get in quickly because of my situation usually there would be a longer waiting list and I got pushed through the door and um I remember the day I got dropped off I can remember vividly you know skinny trying to look all you know super fly like I had it going on you know, it's just all. I did. You know, walking there, you yeah, swallow, yeah, right? like, it's, like, and I'm like 130 pounds. You know, like I mean, I had a huge ego problem because I was right. so. Sh- I had so much shame. It was my defense. It's mm-hmm. how I. It's how I did. You know, that's how I had. I think my ego was a lot of what in the beginning. You know, kept me there because. I knew institutions. That's mm-hmm. what I knew. I knew how to get what I wanted and uh, manipulate. And, and I probably did in the beginning quite a bit, but I was getting stuff while I was doing that. And slowly that thinking started to go away. And I was able to just start to be Lauren. In the early days. In the early that, days. God, like the first right? six months were awful. Yeah. What did it feel like to be Lauren, right, for the first time in forever? I remember I was walking down the hall at rehab. This is going to be kind of a spiritual thing. Um, I had gone to counseling. I had talked about, you know, some of the things I went through as a kid and um, some of the things I went through during my addiction and some of the things I had done for my addiction. And um, I was kind of, like, hitting this low, like, this real emptiness. I was walking down the hall, and like I, I all of a sudden I, I heard something and I, I turned around and nothing was there and so and then I started walking forward and I was walking through the door there's like this huge 
part of me like was walking the other way. Like I can't describe it. it was it was so spiritual. It was so amazing, and it was like it was almost like I was holding on to this fifty pound rock. And in that moment when that happened, and I went to my room, it was like I was a little bit lighter. I was just a little bit lighter, and uh, I think from that moment on. That having that, like, maybe we'll call it an awakening. I don't know what you want to call it, but I started to smile a little more. Yeah. I started to be happy. I started to forgive myself, the shame and all that guilt. Like, I didn't go, it didn't all go away, but it started to. And uh, Caleb knows I always like to hone in on that forgiveness process, man, because that's a core concept of my personal recovery. Mm-hmm. What, like, what? techniques or in what ways did you dial in on that aspect of your recovery like how did you apply it to that to your recovery I love the forgiveness part too we were actually talking about this at the last prison uh meeting and um like I didn't realize how much I was holding on to I guess and um you know, once I kind of like got that oh, forgiveness, yeah. it's almost like I just want to forgive everybody. Like, just I don't even want to hold on to nothing, <laughs> you know, because it's so freeing. Like, you know, I mm-hmm. I had like created all this these things in my head about like my family not loving me, and none of that was true. Like, yeah. none of that was true. And like when I started to forgive myself for that, like I was really able to actually like build strong relationships too. Like. And I, I don't know, like, the forgiveness part was huge, and forgiving myself, like, now I can sit and talk about the things I did and not feel shame and guilt, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, that's so freeing, and, like, and it helps people, like, that's even, that's just, like, an added bonus, right. like, check, oh, I get to help you by, like, the stuff I went through, holy moly. I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, it, it's, that's so true, like, for us to receive more blessings, you gotta, you're hanging on those resentments and the, you know that yeah. that bitterness and God's like, I'm not blessing you. You gotta, you gotta let that go. Yeah, you know that's that's part of it. Yeah. You talked about um. So you're you're what? It, talk. Tell us a little bit about like what this current program that you're in, what that's like. You talked about like the house and the first moments, but like what it, what is the program? What do you do on the regular? Sure. Like how does it support? both your recovery and just like your personal life and like what was that real like transition period like yeah to like settle into that place and kind of un- probably unfamiliar territory yeah I'm sure and like right. how did you how did you land yeah and what did you do um so first off like long-term treatment is one of the hardest things i ever did Dude, um, i think it's just so crucial though i was having this conversation yeah. with Lori clancy today in the classroom and i was just like you know talking to her about um because we have some fellow students right because it's it's like human services program and substance abuse program Mm -hmm. but we share a lot of classes and a lot of the human services uh, students were elaborating that like well we don't really we don't learn as much about substance use as we feel like we should because there a lot of them are starting their internships like Mm -hmm. this week so they're like we're not learning much about substance use but like out in the field we're having to do a lot. And so like I was having this conversation with, with Lori about like long-term treatment programs versus like 28 day, 30 day programs. And like, you know, the insurance companies want to 
you know, rightfully like get you into what's going to be most cost effective. Yeah. Um, and they're really looking at like the bottom line as opposed to the overall care of the individual when they're making these decisions. Yeah. And like, you know, the amount of money that they could save by sending somebody to a one year, two year even program compared to a 30 day program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then guess what? Another 30 day program because you didn't quite get that structure that you yeah, needed. It was self-supporting. On, yeah, too. totally. And so like talk to us about what that what the year-long program entails and kind of like how, you, how you've how you grown yeah. throughout that and what it's done for, for your life, yeah. you know? Um, sure. Uh, so long-term treatment was, it was really hard in the beginning. Um, I did, I guess I did fairly well. Like I was like preppy coordinator, which is like probably like they call the worst job in the house because you're like in the beginning, you have to do all these chores the first 30 days. <laughs> and um so I was preppy coordinator. No one liked me because like preppy I had, coordinator. My, yeah, my head was so far up my ass that like, <laughs> nobody liked me. But the house was super clean, so yeah. I had some supporters. But um, that goes back to that discipline that you talked about that your granny yeah, taught yeah, you back in yeah, the day, yeah. right? Like, why doesn't everyone else want to do the best? I don't understand it. <laughs> you know, I had a hard time with that. Um, yeah. And then I, you know, I kind of learned later on, like meet people where they're at. But I still struggle with that sometimes, but um. Anyway, so long-term treatment, man. I've had some ups and I've had some downs, and um, I can see why a lot of people don't complete a year, but it is so rewarding, you know, if you push through it. And it goes, like, those first six months. I I worked at – I got a job um, at Biltmore Inn. Huge part of my recovery. Huge, huge, huge. Like, my supervisor that – that I was blessed to have as a supervisor, I mean, still, he's just, like, one of my best friends, like – I never feel like I can't talk to him about something, and I've never had that relationship with an employer. What was the the <laughs> hiring process like as far as, like, was that something that the treatment program kind of, like, facilitated and helped you out with? Or were you out on your own, like, yeah, applying first, for jobs? Like First, I believe it was definitely had a, uh, something to do with that. Uh, actually, corporate, Billmore doesn't hire felons um, normally, and they told me no. I got the phone call. I was, I was like, what? What? I was like, what? Doesn't, doesn't hire felons or people that's been convicted of a felony? Does not hire people that were convicted of a felony. <laughs> Thank you for uh, changing my language. Um, so they normally don't hire people that have been convicted of a felony, and uh, I had to. So corporate called me one day, and they're like, nope. And I was like, are you serious? I spent 10, I spent ten no, nine months out of my 10 months is when we hit workout. So out of the 10 months I was there, um, I spent nine of them at Biltmore and, uh, wow. it was amazing. Actually, I worked like six days a week, eight hours. So about f- almost 50 hours a week. Um, and still was able to hit 23 meetings a month. You know, I was it's work, bro. Yeah. I put in the work. Um, how did you get them to hire me? Yeah. My chefs, that, my that executive chef. Like, yeah, I, I shot that smile and I was in there. No, uh, <laughs> you know, I had built relationships with people. So corporate is kind of separated from like the different uh, restaurants and buildings that are there. So, but my chefs went to bat, um, which this is awesome too. This is, you know, another success. So I finally, they finally say yes. I start getting paid. They pay me back pay for the week that I was still working for free because of first, not for free. I'm sorry, for my recovery. Yeah. Don't want to mix that up. <laughs> it was not for free. Um, and then I got employee of the month, like a few months later, which is a huge accomplishment. I think there's like, I think they employ like 250 people just where I work. And, uh, 
dude. I got in Play that of the is. Month. They wrote this great thing about me. I got a little bit of a bonus, and it was it was a sweet thing. I had HR come up to me, and they're like, you are the definition of a success story, and we're so proud of you, and it was just just super amazing. It's like, it's like when those things happen to me, there's one way, there's one place my brain always goes back to. And I don't know, I'm going to say it's a positive thing because I always go back to that last day that I was using. Mm-hmm. Every time something great happens to me or something amazing happens to me, I always go right back to that last day and what it looked like so that I, for one, can humble myself and for two, I, that I can just show gratitude and just be so grateful. I'll never forget that day. I hope when I go to my grave, I don't forget that day. Yeah. What Again, what I'm hearing you say is that like you're applying that same work ethic, that same discipline, both in your recovery and in your like job or mm-hmm. probably potentially career now, right? Yeah. So you're a cook at Billmore. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's that like? What, what do you do? Cook? Yeah. Uh, well, like, well, I guess I'm a line cook, but um, so I work for a four-star restaurant, so it's fancy. It's like a million-dollar kitchen, super fancy. You know, it's a hmm. Biltmore. Come on, man. It's a Biltmore. <laughs> and um, it's just like, it's, I had no skills whatsoever. None. So there was a learning process. It was a learning process. And like, come to find out, I'm a quick learner. Like, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Oh, no, like, no. And, and I've got this awesome attitude about things. So, you know, like someone who thought they knew it all, like that was really the job that showed me like I can be, I can be like receptive and I can learn and I can apply what I'm learning and it was like it was just a great learning experience to let me know like I can do this and it was really I think Biltmore that humbled me a lot yeah what did you what did they have you starting out doing like how's how did it progress first I was just a food runner um and then uh there's this tea service that used to be like plated and I I guess I was nailing that too so I was really doing kind of like two people's jobs and I wasn't even aware of it I just did what I was told and then soon, you know, I went, they changed the way tea was done. I got to be a part of that. We were actually voted top 12 in the world for our tea service at Billmore Inn. There's a article on it. Yeah, it's amazing, <laughs> right? Pumped. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Amazing. No, that's was huge. So, that in was great. the world. Yeah, in the world. Not like, you're talking about, this, like, yeah. London, England, like, yeah. the little tea champs of the world. Like, we were competing with them, yeah. you know? So that was great. Um well, I'm definitely going to have to come over to Biltmore and get some yeah, tea get some for tea, sure. Man. Get yeah. you, I'll get you 40% off. Those <laughs> <laughs> little canopies. I can't wait to play that back because when you started talking about that, I was like too excited. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> While you're going through all this, like, uh, first let's like reset and talk about how, how long have you been in this program at First on Blue, first on okay. Blue Ridge? Yeah. And then like, um, obviously like work and that, commitment and that work ethic played a vital role but you also said you you know participated in um a lot of your fellowship yeah yeah and yeah like so like how did you because it's it's hard getting in to this like in the early days how did you like balance that work life recovery life mm-hmm. and then like house life yeah and then also like i want to know like did you find it at all challenging to um be in like the environment of a restaurant yeah right and right, uh, of, a lot yeah. of temptation mm-hmm. in that and um like w- even like it's more about like t- based on my experience it's more about like the the relationships in yeah. those jobs right? right like you know not necessarily um 
you know, just being around the alcohol, but like, hey, you know, shifts over, let's hit happy yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, of like, and then maybe like, how do you, if you find yourself in that situation, how do you like set those boundaries, those clear, um, defining boundaries? Like, yeah. Um, so I remember in the beginning, like, well, for the first six months, like walking by that bottle of like beer because it's everywhere. We got a whole room just dedicated to like really expensive liquor and beer. So it's not like it's, it wasn't there. And I th- remember in my mind, like, what would it look like if I just, what would it look like if I just I always, you know, I did that. I haven't done that in a long time, but I'm not saying I'm above it or anything. But like sometimes those things pop into your head when you're, you know, when it's right there in front of you. I actually, uh, just recently worked the Temptation concert that they had there. I saw you getting yeah. a little excited and about so that. And so I poured beer and wine all night and uh-huh. pretty much like was just really cool to, you know, a <laughs> bunch of drunk people. And um how, I mean, how did you handle that? Like did you get some anxiety going on? What I don't you think thinking? so. I, I you know, like I'm big on encouragement. I love when people encourage me and I'm a hard worker, so like it was my first time going down and doing that. So and like the lady was like, "You can come back anytime." So, like, I focus on that part. Like, okay, I want to keep doing a good job. You know, I want to be valuable. I want to be important. And I want to, you know, do the best that I can. So, I guess I focused on that. It was so busy. Like, the Temptations, like, 4,000 people. I didn't have time to even think about swigging it. Yeah. You know, I just didn't. And I don't know. It's not worth it to me. <laughs> it's just I don't – I have too much to lose. Yeah. I've come so far. I would just not want to throw it away for a sip mm-hmm. of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Just never. I just never would want to do that. Um, you were talking about relationships and coworkers. And yeah, like, about and like the thing. The cool thing about Biltmore Inn is I'm not the only girl from first that goes there. Okay. So we've really built a strong network with the girls there and you know our supervisors. Mm-hmm. And so we even have most of that's going to go on at night. And a lot of us work the early shift. A lot of the early shift, if they do drink, they don't say anything about it. <coughs> um, they've even come up with like they say go fishing in front of us like they are very very polite and cautious of our recovery and like so rather than being like let's go to the bar they'll be like you ready to go fishing tonight mm-hmm. just to respect us and it's awesome that's beautiful man that's, fishing not- yeah let's go <laughs> it don't matter they're just not saying at, not at the bar <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that they'll just use that terminology and yeah. just, it's out of respect super great man yeah. super great and i think that's something that you'll get out of a place like the billmore because like those folks are i'm, I'm assuming there's not a lot of turnover because that's a good yeah, job to yeah. have yeah. So like they get in there, they learn it, and then they they offer you that respect. Yeah. Um, we actually just a quick shout out. We actually um, we just lost a guy that had been working there. I want to say about four years. He he committed suicide. Okay. So just you know, pay some respects. Um, I worked pretty closely with him. Um, and uh, it was just you know, just tragic. I think a lot of people are hurting about it, and uh, you know, it's kind of like when you're in a kitchen, like with that much turnover or with that much you know money that we make i think it's like 10 million a year that we make um you become almost like you know like soldiers probably feel like in their you know in their groups you know you just get really close so Mm -hmm. we feel kind of like we've got a fallen soldier lost a brother lost a brother so i mean that's something that you know it seems that every one of us every one of us in this room you know is has had to face that level of of grief you know of losing somebody that is very close to you how did you deal with when did you say this happened yeah we found out uh friday 
Thursday, Thursday or Friday, found out. Um, it's fairly new. Um, we just, uh, <laughs> she's 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 policing them we, she's, she's doing a good job over so there. my best friend uh one of my best friends megan she uh she, well i'm not gonna tell her story but she went through <coughs> something that really affected her through through suicide so she took it really really hard um you know biltmore they had counselors and stuff um i just talked about it you yeah. know i talked about it to my support um it's still so fresh you know like still probably you know just kind of like making it a reality still um but you know there's just certain things that we won't hear around the kitchen that he used to say you know like i said i'm there more than anywhere you know really yeah, that's home yeah that's home so it's you know really you say 50 hours a week yeah i'm down to 40 right now but with candlelight coming up um with candlelight coming up it could go back up to 60 or 70 and that is hard to juggle a recovery life and and yeah. work life I mean, just uh, what whether it's mental health, um, or addiction, you know, um, something that we're faced with like so much more often than we're even like prepared for, you know, and like how we cope with it, how we respond to it. Um, I mean, gosh, there's like a point last year where like you couldn't open up a social media app with somebody connected to you um overdosing you know and i mean caleb i think you'll you'll agree with me that like something what we're doing isn't working right uh when i say when i say we i mean like our society our community how we're supporting these folks and how we're um you know meeting them where they're at like Lauren described was missing in her experience mm-hmm. or she did not, she didn't identify or wasn't ready for it, but meeting them where they're at and providing, um, solutions that will benefit the person solutions that the person is willing to accept. Um, I mean, you all over the headlines last week, right? Yeah. CDC dropped the numbers from 2017 and yeah, well, it was uh, what seventy two thousand, seventy two thousand overdoses. That's up what five thousand from it's last year. It's just like um, eight thousand. It was sixty four thousand yeah. last year. It's just incredible. And so, like, what our approach isn't working. Obviously, right. yeah. Um, our state in North Carolina was one of I think they said the second highest in overdose. The, the percentage increase. increase. Yeah, um, and and I didn't get to spend as much time as I would have liked to, like really digging into the numbers. Yeah, but there were states that um, the numbers. Do you le- know how many leveled? total we had? I don't. I don't. But I'm looking to, to yeah. Check I'm looking too. to get that information. I couldn't find it on the CDC's website. Maybe but we got I'm, somebody. The over local. There that can... I'd like to talk with the local agencies and uh, really connect with them as far as just locally, like Buncombe County, Jackson County, Cherokee, and get the get that data. But what what I what I did find is that many of the states that kind of leveled off, or even a couple that like decreased slightly, um, they're going about it a little bit different than we do. Yeah. You know, a lot of them were offering. Uh, outreach programs in the jail outside the box ideas outside like, the box ideas to yeah. go against the grain yeah. what everybody thinks they should be doing mm-hmm. yeah right and that's what it's going to take yeah it is and like um 
like that. Uh, states that are going out on the streets and offering harm reduction to the homeless on the streets and meeting them where they're at. Those experiencing them, homelessness. Yeah, those experiencing homelessness <laughs> on the streets, you know, yeah. and meeting them where they're at and offering them um, those types of solutions. So, like, I don't know, just something that's, like, been on my mind that, since this information came out. And, like, what, what, could, what could we do as individuals and then as people with somewhat of a platform to connect with people? Like, how can we begin the conversation? The first thing that I, I encourage people to do, especially that come to our class, it's like, you know, they're, they're coming because they're, like, trying to figure out how to help. Mm -hmm. So, we're, we're you know, we're giving them the, the understanding and the enlightenment of, you know, from our lived experience and bringing other people in as well. But we encourage them, like, okay, the thing, it does no good if you sit in here in this classroom or this gym and, and learn these things and you don't go apply it. Mm -hmm. So, I encourage anybody, you know, you said as individuals, if you're riding down the road and you see somebody struggling, as you're experiencing homelessness, or you think they're hungry, stop, pull over, talk to them, listen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that can change somebody's life. That's right. Yep. You know, we got too many people driving by those that struggle every day and just, you know, selfish, like, I got to go here, I got this to do. Like, you know, God or gave us two arms. Bad like, about them, you know, yeah. judging them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, bashing them. In your classes, when you're, when you're encouraging folks that tend to do these things do you experience what is stopping them from doing it is there like is it fear is it like i don't have time I for think, that is i think it like, it's a i know I, I don't i don't the ones that's showing up they're showing that interest of you know i don't they're, they're saying like i do have time for this because i'm mm -hmm. tired of my community suffering yeah and so they're, they're making that effort they're just coming and learning these things and so what we're what we're doing is is we want to start doing outreach within our own community. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to start passing out these meals three times a week in Cherokee, mm -hmm. twice a day to people experiencing homelessness. Um, we want to start doing outreach, just getting in a vehicle and riding around. You know what I mean? Just yeah. loving on people, you know? And, Creating relationships, making yeah. that connection. And just being uh, the sta a staple and, and being seen mm -hmm. and visible in the community. That way, like, when they see somebody, see us coming, they're like, hey, there's somebody I trust. Yeah. Because they see you doing this all the time. Yeah. You know, but you're not going to come up to some stranger a lot of times for the fear of like being looked down upon and judged and everything. But if you build those relationships, and that's why we're trying to get the the police officers, the 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 prosecutors, the judges, and everything to lock arms with us, and you know that way the people that's suffering don't see them as law enforcement, the pigs, the police. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like they're people that 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 care and help, want to help too. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that we're doing right now. Yeah, I think your, like, selflessness in it, too, is, like, a big part of them being receptive to what you're doing, too. Because, like I said, if you got to be authentic, like, not just doing it to do it, not just doing it because you had to, but mm -hmm. doing it, yeah, from your heart, from yeah. love. And, like, people feel that. It doesn't matter what part of the world you come from or how far down you think you are. Mm -hmm. People feel that love and feel like, oh, man, this person's just here. That's how we change lives, you that's know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's showing love and compassion. It's exactly what you described, that you exactly. witnessed in jail exactly. right? it wasn't what she was saying it wasn't who she was trying to impress it wasn't the dog and pony show yep. she was authentic authentically there yep to serve a purpose uh -huh. and to give something away and you saw that light i love you Shar. and you snatched it right yeah and you ran with it i ran with it man i never looked back now you're giving it out Woo. 
Ooh, now I'm giving it out. Yes, way to, way to uh-huh. put that in there. I love that, man. Because yes. when, when God brings you through something, He expects, you know, you turn around and help people, you know, in the same situation that you yeah. was in. Mm-hmm. We got so many people, like, getting to recovery, and boom, they take off, and they never look back again. Yeah. You know, that, that's unfortunate, oh. but uh, I'm glad that you're not one of those people, Lauren, and I you know, oh. appreciate you. Dude, she's a fireball, man. Yes. Absolutely. I hope we get some more uh, future things going. I don't know what they are, but you know, if you ever need somebody, you need to think, you're like, man, think of me. I, I'll be there for you, Caleb. I'll make it happen. I appreciate that. Another high five here. Hey. Okay, um, allies. So tell us, tell us a little bit about what you got going on. 140 people, you... 140 people. All right, so you're talking about prison. Give yeah, me back. Yeah. Yeah, this is, and Let's this is something that. like I'm just going to probably smile the whole time because this was huge. Um, you know, I was in and out of the prisons, and, and I feel a lot of times that, you know, even society just points a finger, and I've and I've witnessed it to this day still. Uh, I was going for a part-time job, and I'm like, oh, I'm in recovery. This is like a recovery thing. It was for a, a, like a, peer, a part peer support job. And maybe getting certified as a substance abuse counselor and like, oh, well, we still got to run your record. And since your record's pretty lengthy and, you know, it's just like, oh, like, oh, I thought I was just, I was in the safe zone, you know, <laughs> like, I thought I needed a record, you know, and like, um, that's not the case. <laughs> and so, you know, and just, you know, with Biltmore and, um, you know, even though I'd worked so hard, like corporate was still like, no, you know, and I th- I'm just so passionate about helping people in prison or not, I'm going to say supporting people in prison, supporting people in jail, you know, it's something like I was institutionalized and I denied it for so long. I was like, no, that's not me. Um, and I, and I just, I was, and it was hard. I had to, you know, I had to remember how to like take showers because I, you know, so far gone. Like I had to remember like all the basics, you know, that nobody really taught me. And like, I, I've been there and I've been to that low and I've been to like, just you know like i said in and out of jail and prisons and so when i go in there like i sometimes like i'm not nervous right now but sometimes when i talk in front of a lot of people i get nervous but not when i talk in front of those girls like i feel like i'm at home and maybe it's that like selflessness like i'm just there because i just want to make a difference for somebody i just want someone to just hold on to maybe one line i say or one line that char says or whatever it may be and run with it you know, and I also want to be that advocate for like speaking about recovery because for me, like I said in the beginning, like I just didn't really know there was another way. Like maybe I kind of knew what an AA and NA meeting was, but not really. You know, mm-hmm. it was hearing that there's another way to live for me, you know, and just like going in there and like just smiling and want and having people see that authenticness and like, huh. I can sit over here with my arms crossed and be miserable the rest of my life where I can kind of like listen to what she's saying. Like, you just never know. And so I'm (coughs) really, really like, um, you know, there's been talk about like recovery coaches and like the thing, like peer supports going into the prison. And I hope I'm at the front gate when that happens. Like, because I am just so passionate about especially incarcerated women, incarcerated people in general, but like especially the women, Um, you know, just, just, God, I love them. I love them. Tell tell us some of the stories. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. Like, I want to know like specifically like what your approach is and yeah. the things that you're talking about while you're oh, there. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and like women that come up to you about you you saying this. This is what 
and now, you know, I'm, I'm here now because of something you said. God, I get positive feedback all the time. It's great, too, because I'm in a program that actually will take girls straight from prison. The first will, it's called a DPS program. It's a little bit different than when I did. It's 90 days, but <clears throat> basically they can get a job. They bring them there, and they can save their money to get on their own. So I wish it was longer than 90 days, but that's just my Where's personal this opinion. That's at first at Blue Ridge, where I'm, where I'm at. Um and I've had girls, uh, in fact, I think like the first few weeks that we went and I kind of was telling people, you know, girls a little bit about myself. We had a lot of girls come from the Swannanoa prison and do first. And uh, some of them, you know, made it and some didn't. Um, Caitlin's an alum from there. Swannanoa. Oh, you are? <laughs> yeah, me too. I think in like 2010. I'm in Detroit, all, Raleigh, all of them. Um, so... I guess I get I get great feedback all the time, you know, and when the and it's really cool when I see them come from prison, I see them come from first and like I've had the girls come up to me and be like, I just want you to know like those girls, they really love what you say and like you're such an inspiration to those women and like it's like those moments where I was telling you, like I just go back to like my first day you know, my you know, my last day of using and I'm just like thank like thank you, God. Like thank you. Um and I just keep doing it, and I just hope, you know, my hope is that more girls will get out and that, you know, that they won't go back to what they know because that's, that's what I did for so long. I just went back to what I knew. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was lucky to be alive too, you know, and like that's my fear too is people aren't just using to get high anymore. They're using to die. And, uh, you know, when you see, like, I always try to help them keep focused on, like, the good things, too. Like, you're in prison. Like, you're getting to talk to your kids. Like, you know, while you're incarcerated, like, you're building a better relationship incarcerated sober than you were out there using. Mm-hmm. Hi. You know, like, keep focus. you know, try to focus on that part. And then, then they'll share about it. Or you get the newcomer that's super nervous and they're like, mm, it's my first time. And then they share and they're crying. And it's like amazing i'm like keep doing that yes you know yes. keep doing that you know that's that's what's up um it's na based it's an yeah. na uh meeting we read the readings and um so it's all na based um we get speakers to come in we got a uh, good old philip cooper to come in there and speak he was great he had all the girls like but we can get caitlin to come in there yeah, she, yeah. She you don't have up. to like be as as long as you're a one time person. They don't do like all the whole like <laughs> off paper for a year thing. If you wanted to get your blue card, which would mean you went in as much as you wanted, it would be different. But you can do the one time thing. She's talked about it. Something she really wants to we, look into yeah. for sure. Connection, you got it. Connection. <laughs> so, um, busy woman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hitting meetings, working full time, mad hours, going into the jail. I want to know a little bit about what else in your life supports your recovery. What else do you do? Um, like my man right here, you know, Mr. Health and Wellness. Like, what are your hobbies yeah. that that you've taken to to also support your recovery? Yeah, uh, I love hiking. I love it. Um, I feel very connected spiritually when I'm out in the in the woods. Um, what is it about? Because I'm sure I can relate to what you're about to say. But what is it about? <laughs> like that you're connecting to exactly. Um, like it's it's really like this like something just like all, every, all the worries that maybe I had or I've been thinking about like it kind of just leave me and it's just the 
I just the think disconnected, the, and it's like disconnected. Yeah, but you're disconnected from the world, but you know, like the nature part. But you, it. yeah, it's like yeah. your your whole perception kind of shifts, mm-hmm. and like you're just left with all this beauty that man did not make, and um. And it, it's also I realized too, like the mm. sunsets and the um. You like that? I like it. The sunsets, <laughs> like I'm a huge sunset. Um, it's a lot of times I'll go and I'll watch a sunset, and that's kind of when I'll talk to my mom. You know, that's when I have a conversation with her. Um, and so I just, I just feel closer to my spiritual side and, and mm-hmm. to God. You know, she's super proud of what you're doing. God. Right? So, what are those conversations like? Um, mm. I know. For me, uh, growing up, I've seen so much unhappiness that now when I talk to her, like, she's just smiling, and she's just happy, and she's free, and she gets to watch me be free, and um, she's my best friend, and there's times where I wish I could just pick up the phone, but I know I'm just a hike away from getting to talk to her, and uh, so I think, uh, if anything, our relationship's stronger than it's ever been. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> what? What are your goals? You talked about going into the jails, implementing different programs. Where do you see this thing going? Whew, goals, man. This is something I don't, I wish I spent more time with, but like I said, I'm so busy. Uh, f- futureness is hard for me, but I definitely want to see myself. Um, prison and and jails spreading the message of recovery um you know i hope to make connection and links link up with powerhouses and just you know become you know almost like a tribe on a mission mm-hmm. to just you know Come on. and it's not just about the recovery but like you said like people that are <laughs> experience homelessness and and just just making a difference in the world you know um just making a difference. If I can put a smile on someone's face, then I've I've done I've done it. It's been a good day. Oh yeah. You know, and that's that's what it's about. And um, you know, I am caught up in in a lot of hours and and doing service, but I know if I keep up with that, all this thing these things are gonna come into play for me just the way they're supposed to. You also talked about you shared with me a little bit about another goal. Physical goal. Physical goal. Yeah, I want to hear this too. You got a physical right, goal? Right. So we, can, we can share so, these now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gotta, We got to talk about it so that we can support you through the process oh, okay, and hold okay. you accountable. Okay. So in, in 2020, I, I, um, I lost my license for three years. So in 2000, I wouldn't get my license until November 2019. So it's been that's been a whole struggle in itself. But thanks to First at Blue Ridge, I've been able to get by. Um so i'll get my license and then in march 2020 my dream is to do the appalachian trail um i want to take my mom's ashes with me Mm -hmm. i want to spread them along the trail um i want to just uh just just be a huge accomplishment i know my sister's husband he's done it like three times so you know i've got some good support there on you know tactics and how to be and what to do and um you know, watching watching you, Caleb, do that that te- that run of tears. Like it, for where at first it was all like, "This is for me," and you know, it was kind of like, you know, this is all about getting closer to God and, and accomplishing something. But watching you spread that message and stuff, it became kind of like 
more less than less selfish and more selfless like mm-hmm. i want to be out there you know there's plenty of people on that trail you know and, and it doesn't have to be just about like getting off drugs just like spreading happiness and recovery and love and love man and, and you just did that spreading jesus and if people want to get down and pray you know you're you're a big part of the reason too like you know me and my my girlfriend like we pray like we just i got down here today and we prayed you know and just watching you and like i said i could just tell from your post how close you were to god and it and like that's amazing you know i hope i have a similar experience in 2020 with that you you know and i i, I don't hope? know if I, you hope I, i'll go ahead and tell you i'll guarantee <laughs> you that you're going to because your heart's right anytime your heart's pure you know you're going to have an amazing experience to touch a lot of people so thanks man. i can't wait to see that yeah yeah yeah. and any way that I, you guys can support that and give me the right ways to how you did it and well, yeah why don't you elaborate a little bit on what that what she saw yeah first of all i got to take my dad's ashes with me he was in my backpack the whole time i ran oh man i didn't know that um i didn't get to share that a lot you know it was just like a whirlwind once we got there yeah and just really fast-paced and everything and honestly you know i haven't got to talk about a lot of a lot of the things after the run was over the the emotions and the feelings that i was experiencing and everything but um what what was it you want me to talk about again just like what she just described that she saw just through following Mm -hmm. you on like Mm -hmm. social media and stuff like was that it was it was it was a little it was a little like well, you didn't let me ride the bike, so I want to show you. Yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. It was that. Okay. And uh, first, you know, it was that, and like, well, I want to inspire other people. And then once we got further along down the road, you know, God really started humbling me, and I seen that He really spoke to my heart. Like, if you want to make an impact, then your heart's got to be pure. You know, you got to get rid of all those things. And so the, all that, you know, just kind of went out the window. And it was like about praying people, praying with people and about, you know, just seeing people for people. Yeah. And, you know, anytime we seen somebody on the road, it was like we went straight towards them. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people go the opposite way. That's awesome. Or they'll turn that. their head, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, gosh, don't make eye contact with me. I don't want to pull over and talk. You know, and, and it was me and Caitlin a lot of times we – We'd always kind of let the Holy Spirit lead us a little bit. We'd look at each other and yeah. and we're like, no, I don't, you know, some people was just, they didn't want to have nothing of, you know, yeah. none, none of what we had to say. So, right. but we always, you know, tried to uh, meet people where they was at. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, that's what it was about. You know what I mean? Well, the world's got enough negativity as it is. People yeah. bashing people on Facebook, you know, in the news and all that kind of stuff. And so that's why it was like really important to, to share that that love and compassion of Jesus, you know, and, yeah. and if, if you don't love Jesus or don't believe in that, well, I'm still gonna love you anyways. That's right. And so that's what it was about. Yeah, I mean, when I seen some of the posts where you just had your arms around complete strangers and you were just praying, like, I don't know, that just touched me in a deep, deep area. I was just like, God, oh, man, that guy, that guy. I'm glad I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you remember. Now, see, a lot of I don't get to talk about this. A lot of the uh, Lauren, I, I didn't even know that I was going to get to go to Oklahoma until like what two weeks before we got to go. Hmm. Like I done all that training, going all over, you know, North yeah. Carolina, doing these marathons, these ultra marathons, and like yeah. planning this whole trip yeah. by faith. 
by faith. I knew that my, my intentions were pure. My heart was pure that God was going to open that door yeah. up. And so uh, two weeks before the run actually started, I got the call that I was going to get to leave the state. Where'd you sleep? I'm just curious. I mean, I know you said like sometimes in hotels. And... Well, most of the time we slept in hotels. Okay. We slept on the... <laughs> We slept in a, we camped out a few times. Okay. All right. See, I'll be camping out. I'll be camping out like every night. That's a whole other story there. It was, I just got news for you. There's no, there's no uh, hotels on the trail. No, there's not. <laughs> right. 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 I'll be in a tent. And, you know, we had my mom with me and, and um, the woman who, uh, who lived in, a, in the house that we're turning to the recovery house. Linda she Loco. Linda Loco. Linda Loco. The amazing all Linda right, Loco. All right. <laughs> but yeah they was they was with us and you know it's just uh i lost my aunt along the way of course um a lot of people got to read about that and and that's why it was you know i think it's very it's imperative for people to stay balanced as far as uh you know all areas because you can handle life you, you can handle things that when you're going to hit when you hit stuff that that's tougher than you how do you deal with it and so i, I got to you know, show people that um, the way I take my diet, my physical well, and just my mental toughness that I gained along the way and training up for that, it really paid off. Did you ever want to quit? <laughs> the first and second day, I was like, Ain't what no the way. heck am I doing? <laughs> I mean, this is just stupid. Like, for real. Like I said, there ain't no way. I mean, who's ever, you know, because I had a lot of people, I had a lot of people tell me, they're placing their limitations, like saying, yeah. you know, you haven't trained long enough, so you're not going to be able to do it. And so I started thinking about that. But, yeah, I just kept, kept going. putting one foot in front of the other and keep yeah. moving. That's, that's life, you know. Yeah. Ultra yeah, marathon, it. it's like a metaphor for life for sure. You did it. Yeah, you did. I know you touched a lot of people's lives with that, for sure. And you're still doing it every day. Right? Yeah, man. You, know, you made those connections out there on the road, and now you're – in contact with these folks mm -hmm. on the regular dude mm -hmm. every single day nice what um first of blue ridge is a one-year program mm -hmm. yep and how much time do you still have to spend there uh i'm graduate i don't have to be there i'm there um because uh the rent's cheap so yeah. I'm able to save money, uh -huh. and they bring me to work. So okay. I told you about my license situation. I asked you about goals, and that yeah. wasn't on the list. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna be direct yeah. with you. Yeah, you're good. Uh, but you're on top of it, ain't yeah. Buddy. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I've been at first to Blue Ridge. I mean, they're good to me. I don't even have to like buy toilet paper. It's mm -hmm. a good place for me to save money. Um, mm -hmm. I hope. One day, maybe in the next four years, buy a home. Buy a so, home. Uh, so there's a goal. Only pay rent for a little while. That's a goal. That's, That's a goal. goal. Yeah, Hike yeah, the trail, yeah. buy a home. Buy a home, man. I'm all for it. No more rent. Do you have like a certain amount of days that you want to hike? Like, do you really want to? Do you just want to complete it, or do you want to? Like, I've completed. Really... Like, are you talking about first? He's talking about the trail. No, the trail. Oh, it says seven <laughs> months. Um, I. <sighs> I'm probably not as good on my training as you are, so give me grace and forgiveness. Well, you said 2020, so that's, you got some time. So, uh, but I do do a lot of hikes, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start really preparing for it mentally and physically. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so they say about seven to eight months. Uh, I'm not in a hurry. I just don't want to be like in Maine in December. We had um, uh, <laughs> our race Hope Freedom Fest. We had a few weeks ago. Yeah. Brittany Adams Kelly, she, 
have you heard of the My Adams Foundation? There's a there's a girl, um, her sister in law is hiking it right now, in honor of her, her um, well they wasn't married but it was her fiance he passed away from a heroin overdose, mm -hmm. and so she started hiking it back in April. Okay. And she's about to finish. She's but almost I, done, yeah. Yeah. So her, man. On my, There's a um, lot of people that have, have done it. On my run, when I was coming through Fayetteville, Arkansas, they done a new story. And so she reaches out to me. And she's like, hey. So we made that connection. Yeah. She just drove out here a couple of weeks ago, got to speak at the event. Cool. And so we'll definitely have to talk, and I'll get yeah. you set up with, need to friend her on Facebook, her Heck and her yeah. sister. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. It'll help, yeah. So, like, what's... Where are the opportunities? Like, what's, you know, I'm really trying to hone in on these goals. Like, what's the next step? What's right? next for me? Like, so. yeah, like, what's next? You got to get your license back. <clears throat> yep, yep. You want to move? I'm, I'm just like, waiting for my date. So I've yeah. paid all $2,300. Cha-ching. Yeah, $2,300. Uh, I have, like, a six-page driving record. You know, how, you know how much money I would have? $2,300. And they wouldn't even give me my license. every guest that's been here? It was like last week was nine. Oh last week was last week was nine thousand. The week before was like six thousand. You yeah, know, I'm going down. I'm personally least. like around twelve. So like, it's just like Lord, I would yeah. say I'm up over twenty. Yeah. You have your license? No. Oh yeah, yeah. What am I no. Talking about? Yeah. Okay. I was talking about fines, court fines, and stuff, um, and yeah, lawyer yeah, fees, yeah. and yeah. I actually don't know. The, I the ran to Oklahoma because I didn't have my license. <laughs> <laughs> I owe the state. Dude, I could have drove you. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I, I like drove it. you, man. Start using but like, that. so what? Um, like, <laughs> when's that date? When's that date? That date for what? To get your license. license. Oh, November. Uh, November. They. I don't know if the hearing has an exact date. It just says November 2019. So I got a three-year suspension for like my months. eighth or ninth DWLR driving while license revoked. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a three year suspension. I'd almost think that. <laughs> I, I really. Like eight or nine. Listen, I'm no. <laughs> I'm no. driving, hit and run, two DUIs. Yeah. I'm lucky I even get my license. I'm no now. lawyer, yeah. but I really think that there is a way. Really? That you can me. get a lawyer and they could go back and untie some of these things. Really? Yeah, I know. And I don't know. It's state by state. I know it's different. But. Um, I know back home where I'm from, it's like super possible. And even like the price that, you know, it's not cheap, right? but they, what they'll do is they'll go back and they'll unwind some of these cases. Like, so some of those convictions, mm -hmm. they could rework them because, yeah. because a certain amount of time's gone by. So, you know, you, you might spend, you might spend like 10 grand on a lawyer, but in, no. you know, you know, over not. time, and they work with you, and there's different things. Um, yeah. So I would totally, like, it'd be worth some phone calls. It'd be worth some investigation. Totally. Um, talking to some lawyers, like, reaching out. I totally think that that's possible. Because a three-year, uh, what did you, did you say you were in it for? Uh, Three years, but. How I'm, much, how many dollars, though? I got, like, what, 17 more months? Yeah. So I, I do have. 15 more months. I just reached out to my attorney's wife, who's one of his secretaries. Uh-huh. And I have a felony possession of heroin on my record. Mm -hmm. And so with everything that in my recovery and, and being seen in the community, and I mean, you as well, the things that you've, you've accomplished in your own recovery, um, what they're going to do is try to get that, like Steve was just mm -hmm. talking about, get that charge dropped to a severe misdemeanor mm -hmm. or a couple of them. Yeah. So I can run for counsel in my community. Even though you've already been convicted? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Yeah, I really yep. think it's possible. Drop it to really some lesser do. charges. Keep the conviction, but not just a felony. They'll make it a couple misdemeanors. severe misdemeanors. Okay. So, a, a, a bunch of driving without a license, license suspended, derailed. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and really, like before that, I think the last one. I, I mean, it's been a little bit of time. It's just because I have so many. So many. I definitely think you can work that out for real. I mean, I, mean, it's, I just I think mean, that just three a, years is like fifteen more months. Extended yeah. period of time that is. When you have all these things going on in your life, like he described, you've yeah. held a job. Oh yeah, it right? does hold you've me back. You've maintained your mm-hmm. recovery. Like you've done all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you have not, cause you asked not. I, yeah, you're right. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be down here supporting y'all even more if I could just drive myself. It's right. Run or ride a bike. <laughs> this <Dude>. guy. <laughs> Solution. <laughs> He's got a solution for everything, yeah. and it always involves you exercise. It always involves exercise. Three hours. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna get your license back. You're gonna get. A, you're gonna. Yeah. Now you guys giving me all this hope. I'm be on the phone tomorrow. That's what we like, do. That's for real. I'm be on the phone tomorrow. Hope. Like, all right. I don't know about ten grand, but I'm you know, throw it down five hundred and see what happens. Yeah, there's, there's some things <laughs> that can happen. There are. I really think so. Misty Bunch, what's up, girl? And uh, so, like, you're gonna get your license back in the future, right? What do you like? You want to give continue in the jails? You want to do um, outreach work for them? Yes. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just like, I want to know. Like, I want to. I want to. I want a specific like. Like what's next? Like you're gonna hike the trail. You're gonna hike do these the things. Um, like, I've been. Uh, I got- how, how are you gonna continue to like? How are you gonna expand upon your recovery? I was sharing with the outside that like when I started this thing, my recovery process, like I was closed minded and I was like had these fixed views. Not on the the whole. Not what do you mean? A, what do you mean? Not as a whole, but on what worked for me. Okay. I had these fixed views on what worked for me. Like I got a taste of recovery through my fellowship, through my meditation practice and spirituality, and I stuck with it because it worked, right? right yeah. And I wasn't open to talking to people like you guys just yeah. because I knew what worked for me. And so I was like closed off. I was fixed and, and stuck on these on these processes. Right. And in the last almost four years, my recovery has completely evolved from the way that it was a year into the thing, six months into the thing, you know? Um, And I might not go to as many refuge recovery meetings as I used to. I might not meditate every single day, but I'm doing other things that supplement that, right? And like this this podcast being a part of it, creating these relationships. I'm not saying there's a five times on this show but like creating these relationships with awesome people like you getting to know you two right and just meeting new people and doing new things and you you you. and getting to know these people and building these relationships has like turned into my recovery right and like so it's evolved Hmm. so much i like that my recovery has changed so much than it from what it was at the beginning right and I, I wasn't ready for that. Like, I, I didn't have any, like, intentions of it doing that. I didn't even know that it would. Right. But it did. And so, like, that's what I'm, like, because I think it's important to, like, like, we always talk about, like, continuing to grow and continue. But, like, what you're doing right now will only take you so far. Right? So, like, what are you going to do? 
to continue to grow, to continue right. to evolve. And like, you have to like constantly assess like yeah. what, what defines me right now? What defines changing, my recovery right now? You're not changing, you're not growing, and complacency is yeah. uh, is the enemy of greatness. And then what? And then what? And then what happens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're back where uh, you came from, bro. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yeah, you got Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent You got to be changing and growing. Um, I guess if you're asking me, um, my thing is, uh, I'm getting more involved in, um, as far as career-wise, going into like recovery, the peer support. I've recently picked up part-time work um at the respite house uh i think it's like the first one north carolina right um through sunrise so that's kind of like part-time but i'm trying to ease my way in and like i guess my you know in the beginning for me it was really just like i went to meetings but i wasn't Mm -hmm. really part of it so i've recently like i've gotten a home group um i'll be chairing a meeting on monday um you know so uh, i just keep growing with that and i kind of hope that you know i'm i'm able to you know, be a part of, of that and, and kind of grow, you know, I got, I'm so stuck in first and all the support that I've gotten there that when I do branch out, I want to make sure that I got a whole other group of people behind mm-hmm. me, you know? So, um, so that, well, I mean, you clearly do based off of the response. Oh yeah. On I the know. Couple Facebook posts that we had I mean, earlier was awesome. over the weekend. Yeah. Like yeah. you clearly got folks in your corner. Yeah. You got a support system. That's great. So that, that makes me happy. Um, that's my own. But so continuing to grow and and you're exactly right. And sometimes it's hard for me to like put my finger on it. Sometimes I feel like sometimes God just does it. It just like, it just falls in my lap. Like Mm -hmm. these job opportunities. Um, I've got a few other ones, uh, uh, about certified substance abuse uh, counselor that I wouldn't even really have to pay for it. The company would pay for it. Yeah. Are Um, you interested in going back to school at all? I'm I'm a I'm a shark when it comes to that man. I'm telling you. Always ask me that, and I'm you know I didn't do bad in school, but I was so caught up in sports that like I never really like went head deep into it. So maybe it's a little bit of my closed mind with it. But I just Uh feel like. So here we go. Here we go. What what is it about school school that? Um. What is about? It's different and it's scary because yeah. I, I I feel the same. How old are you? Um, thirty one. I just straight up ask you. Okay. Thirty one. Hundred forty five pounds. I'm just kidding. <laughs> five four. One zero nine five three two zero. Shame messing around. What? It's my number. What? What? What are you? What? What would? What is stopping you from? Going down that road and looking into it. What are you afraid of? It could be part of like, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm really passionate yeah. about like the recovery thing, and so I mean, I feel like getting certified as substance abuse counselor like that is a step forward. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, you know, it puts another like, what one of those things behind your name? You know, like just gives me more credentials. Um, you know, I always wanted to be a park ranger. It was one of my big goals. Okay. Uh, uh, with the felonies I have, I don't know about working for the government. My sponsor's always like, go do that. You yeah. can do it. Well, go like, back and untie that stuff, man. Yeah. So go back um, and untie it. I guess, you know, living it, you know, I'm still, even though I got almost two years clean, you know, I've been in a long-term treatment. I've been kind of like in, I'm just now kind of venturing out into the world. I'm just now kind of finding my voice mm-hmm. and becoming really comfortable. And, and so, I think there'll be a time and place when that either crosses my path or doesn't. You think you're just now finding your voice and I finding think, yourself, or you think you're just now recognizing it? Recognizing it. 
I think you're just not recognizing it. Because I heard you this whole, I've heard you sit here for an hour and a half. Those 140 ladies over at, what, Joe? Swan and Noah. They heard your voice. So you get up and speak, like you and somebody, just a couple people? Yep, me and my sponsor. Uh, usually, you know, there'll be like a step study. Then there'll be a speaker. Uh, usually, you know, sometimes we read. Or sometimes we just have an open discussion. And um, You'll get I, up and lead that for 140 women. Uh, my sponsor normally, like, opens a meeting, but I'm ready for it when she's ready to pass that torch. You know, I'm ready for that. Um, so anytime you get a little nervous about speaking, I'll call it your cookie jar. The things that you've been through that that's 140 people. Come on now. That's I mean, so yeah, you should not be nervous speaking at all. Yeah. So whenever you start getting nervous, be like, look, I go in jail, prison, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's a tough crowd. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just remember that. My, just remember my sponsor, that. She's always like, when I'm talking, they're always talking, Lauren, but when you talk, they all shut up. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? It makes me feel good, you know? Like, it's awesome. Um, it sounds like it's time it's time for you to take the torch baby yeah yeah that's what i'm hearing yeah but like i said like I, I guess it's like those are my people you know like i don't worry about judgment or or being put down like those are my people <laughs> you know right yeah so i but, think uh we got a couple articles here we yeah, want to talk God. about what you got about the uh the rash of overdoses in new haven connecticut Let's see here. I'm trying to. Did you have you had it highlighted here, didn't you, Steve? Mm. Well, I read about it because I did my joy work. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> joy. Uh, yeah. So like, it's basically talking about um, how a bunch of people they didn't overdose and die, but they overdosed and like were like convulsing and stuff uh -huh. in, in Central Park in New Haven. Uh, which is funny. I've been to New Haven. I went to a, a baseball game. They have like a farm team there, so I've been to New Haven. So farm baseball team. Yeah. That's where. Um, that's no, where Aaron Hernandez was from, I believe. Yeah, New Haven the Ravens. The New Haven Ravens. Yeah. The yeah. one the Patriots tied in that hung uh -huh. himself in prison. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. and then it gets it goes on about you know fentanyl and um how it takes just a little amount and that some of the fentanyl is getting into the synthetic drugs. Uh, how easy it is to make fentanyl and you know like, I mean main reasons like why it's so we, easily in our heroin we we spoke to um the medical examiner he's been he's been an emt at, in cherokee for a number of years but he's talking about having to s now go see a psychiatrist from seeing all the you know the destruction and death in in, in our community yeah and uh you know and right here talking about you know more than a dozen people in less than an hour flopping out you know falling out and everything and overdosing it's we don't think about how that affects you know the community mm -hmm. yeah and the emts and, and different people that's working yeah and, and the police officers in this particular case um like you're saying it, it was um it was in spice it wasn't even yeah. it wasn't heroin yeah, right? it was you typically see yeah. it was in synthetic um marijuana and spice so there was like do they sell that around here still i don't I don't like kratom's the big thing too. Yeah, kratom's you know? the big thing. Uh, a lot of people make reservations about that. You know, like oh, it's an herbal thing. What is it called? Kratom. Kratom. Not familiar with it. 
<laughs> no. well, he will be because yeah. it's it's gonna it's what, right is it behind over in Cape, Asheville. It's right behind. Dude, Cape it's too. right here in Silver. They sell they it at all it. the vape stores, man. <laughs> is that an Asheville thing? There's been some. Because it's not a reservation thing. I don't believe. No, I guarantee you. No, 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 no. I meant reservation. Like people think it's okay to use, not like <laughs> not the Cherokees. <laughs> don't take <laughs> reservation. Like. <laughs> all right, oh all right. man. <laughs> language, language. <laughs> what? I'm good, man. No, no language. Yeah. yeah, no, it's all good. But yeah, so like, just how like it. <laughs> this particular case, uh, reported by the Washington Post, um, 140 individuals, literally just like fell out mm-hmm. uh, in a park. It was the same day that they that the CDC announced the 72,000. Yep. Um, Ironic. People had passed from overdoses and so it's really like the gist of it is like what i kind of got into this earlier but like what are the solutions right what do we do about it how do we how do we get past Mm. this you got some caitlin i was gonna say like um i know a step right now quick like would be the harm reduction the fentanyl test strips i mean you know if they're doing it might as well make it less Dangerous, you know. People getting into that's becoming really big. And prevention. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, like, yeah. oh, he asked, "What what are we doing about it?" I, that's what I was going to talk about. What are we like? Literally, what are we doing about it? And this prevention, you know, in in the schools, we uh, we're actually planning a. I had a meeting with a couple of pastors in in Bryson today, and we're planning a fifth quarter. And so it's not going to be like recovery related, but we are going to. You know, be there for the kids to answer those questions and try to try to show them that they don't have to go out and party and drink and yeah. you know and, and do whatever it is yeah. that they might be doing. So, you know, just giving back and, and getting involved with the youth. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Yeah, and, that sounds good. And just being vocal and telling our stories. Yeah, and, you work a lot with the kids, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. We yeah, that's do. that. That's interesting. I've never done anything like that, but I love kids, so. I hope that it message does get that we do start talking to kids. I don't remember. I mean, I think we had Dare, but it wasn't really. Nobody ever remembers Dare. I yeah. mean, very few people. And nobody remember remembers Dare. anything from it because, right. for one, it just wasn't consistent. You did it once and you never saw it again. Yeah, and right. I, I don't know that they went about it with the most it, appealing are? approach either. Like, <laughs> I, I just like. Drugs well, that's what? all they knew at that time, though. You yeah, know, yeah, so we yeah. gotta give a little grace and forgiveness. I think Dare could really um, make an impact. Still, that they was teaching it this past year. I got to go in and sit in on a class uh, at Swain uh, East Elementary, and it was very, it was pretty informative. You know, yeah, it was talking so about it's bullying. Come a long way. It was talking about um, a lot of these kids that I went and talked to. Um, and my um, at my alma mater at Swain High School, they come up to me afterwards and was like, "What do you think about weed?" Yeah. I, I mean, so like many they of them, know. so oh, many yeah. of them, yeah. I bet. So, you know, I can only share from what I know and from what I know, my experiences. I smoked, a, you know, what you talking? Roll up. <laughs> yeah, burn one. Yes, burn one. No, yeah. what did tell them, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> You got some? <laughs> I, I have this conversation with Lori all the time at, at school because, you know, we launched this collegiate recovery program and I'm doing my internship there this semester and essentially like 15 to 20 hours a week is like I'm tasked to expand this program and really like 
because it's new. It's new. Uh, I go to Southwestern Community College just up the road, and like, so it's all new. We do. A we couple, know. Well, she's. I was <laughs> letting our awesome guests know. Okay. Um, and so like, it's a new program, right? We've we've been doing like support groups a couple times, uh, a couple times a week, for the last couple semesters, and we're expanding on like social events and different things like that. But I keep talking to Lori, our my my advisor, about like. She wants to like do those things and get out into um, the lo- local schools and get into some of like the freshman classes. Like I went and talked at the freshman orientation that Rachel was at. Okay, yeah, that's, where that, that's where that picture came yep. from. But like you know, I went and spoke there. But like, how do we approach them about it? And I'm like, you know, Laura, like really like, and even myself, it's difficult because of like my age. Um, but like how, you have to put yourself in like in the seat as a 18 19 17 18 19 20 year old kid looking up at me Steve like talking about not doing drugs right, right. and so i don't pitch it like that i'm not going to go up there and, be, and talk about like not doing drugs and this and that i'm going to talk about the things that i do and we do collectively as a club and as an organization on campus to to thrive in this experience while having the time of my life, while having fun. So like using drugs or drinking is not an option because we don't we're doing these things. Right. right? We're going tubing on Labor Day down over in Dick's Creek. I invited you guys. Where? Dick's Creek. Deep Creek. Deep Creek. I invited you guys. I said, dang, that's a little creek. I don't know. She said she wasn't. She said, I invited you guys to come. But we're doing like stuff like that. Like as a, as a student organization, Uh it's completely free. doesn't cost a thing, a dime, right? We got a little grant pays for all that stuff. But so like I'm approaching it with like, Hey, these are the tools that will help you succeed over the next two years while you're a student on this campus. Life's going to throw you curveballs, right? Right. Things are going to happen. You don't get to pick and choose the the circumstances of your life, right? Yeah. You're going to lose people that are close to you, right? You're going to get a bad test score, right? Like your mom or your dad or your whoever is going to get on your ass about something or your girlfriend's going to break up with you or something's going to happen. Things are going to happen. That's tougher ne- than you. In the next two years, mm-hmm. right? But we have these tools. We have these things in place to support you through that process, right? Yeah. I mean, I've been there. I've, I, I got clean by going to jail, right? I had that moment of, of that moment of clarity, in jail, mm. and I changed, right? So yeah. we can do all these things. So like, it's about changing the the delivery, right? It's about changing how we, um, how we pitch it to them because they don't want to hear, hey, drugs are bad. Yeah. They don't want to hear, hey, don't smoke weed don't drink like that's that didn't work like literally like they come i mean when i was that age like i was like dude who's this dude think he is trying to sell me on this sobriety stuff literally that is is that not what you thought about when they came to your school and told you that stuff Mm -hmm. who's this guy i mean we all know if you tell teenagers not to do something they're gonna do do it Yeah, yeah so but but we talk about the things that we are doing right i'm exercising i'm running and this is why yeah i'm eating healthy Right, I'm on this carnivore diet. <laughs> oh goodness! I got the protesters out there. 
I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on this diet, right? And this is why, right? I eat this way because of this. And these are the, these are the, this is the, the outcome of, of doing it this way. Uh-huh. So, like, I think that, I think that based off of what I've seen and experienced, that it's about changing how we, just like we took, we took, you learn in peer support about changing the language. language yeah. well, it's also know, about changing how we deliver this prevention to the youth. Yeah. Cause it didn't work, man. I mean, I smoked crack in my dare shirt, bro. That's what we used to do. Yeah, it was funny. Like, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah it was cool. Like, hey, yeah. yeah. When you did drugs, you were yeah. cool. Yeah, you know. So, so like, I, that's that's part of the delivery. Is is I forgot what I was gonna say, y'all. <laughs> you sounded and so every, like you had. Like, it. I'm not I gonna, did, dude. I, I'm not, I don't have nothing like to sell them <laughs> on not doing drugs. Like, how? What's the percentage of people that smoke weed or do drugs that actually? experience substance use disorders it's pretty low right like people function and get through life drinking normally smoking a joint after work or having a beer before they go to bed people many 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 people do i'm not one of those people yeah clearly so like but we can still we we still i still got something for that person that does that Mm -hmm. right that teenager that does want to smoke a joint on the weekends or whenever like I still got love for him I still have tools that will support his overall well-being mm. and things that he okay. can give away come on to his family yep. and skills that he can instill in in their lives so yep. like I don't know that the answer is abstinence well there's right? so many kids that's already said yes preaching abstinence right like if you I got these tools, right? And I'm going to give them to you. And once you experience those, you will choose abstinence because of what that life offers once you taste it, right? Once you know what it feels like. That's good, And if you choose choose not to, then you don't. But I still got something for you. And I got more, right? Mm -hmm. We'll go shoot hoops. What you got for me? We'll go shoot hoops, man. You know what I got for you? (laughs) I'm for real. I want to shoot hoop. I want to shoot hoop. That's good. You play ball? Yeah, I already said I saw something about High on Hope. High on Hoops. Was doing a High on Hoops basketball team. Yeah. And I want me and you to play in it. (laughs) I ain't kidding, bro. I I ain't kidding. We need a teammate. Oh, you just need one teammate? I don't know. Is it three? I think it's three on three. We was going to to send a team up there, which. Send a team? We are the team. (laughs) High on Hoops. High on Hoops. Tell us about it. Um, they postponed it because they didn't get enough teams in it, but they're right. trying to put our name on the yeah, list. Yeah. Okay, I'm not kidding. I'm serious. The only reason why are you looking shocked? The only reason because we had the uh, rock bottom recovery event. Yeah, that's the only reason why we weren't gonna be in it. Okay. But I think I'm gonna try to get a women's team because. But it is. Right. I mean, it was I like it's, uh, some on. some good prize money was, yeah. uh, and so that's why I was fun. wanting to send a ringer in there. You know, since. <laughs> You are the ringer, bro. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. You are the ringer. Well, that's why. But I will play in this next one. Yeah. Oh, man. I had, man, I'm telling you, I had something. I had something so good. All right. While you're thinking about that, I'm going to throw, I think it's about time to throw Lauren a curveball. All right. Shall we? Knock it Here out. Here we go. Here Knock we go. It Knock it out. I got a couple pictures right here on my phone. And I'm going to show them to you. Okay. All right. All right. And I want you to describe for the 
audience that is listening first what is taking place in the picture. Okay, okay. And then I want you to tell me the story behind the picture. What was happening? How did you feel? Why did you decide that I'm going to take this picture and post it on social media for everybody to see? Okay. And I don't even know if I got these pictures. I really didn't even get these pictures from social media, but... Um, this is Where'd a trick. From? This is a trick. I hope they didn't come from themugshots.com. No, no, no. <laughs> is there such a thing? <laughs> yeah. No. I'm on. I got about six of them. I usually oh. go through, and but you actually just did me the favor and sent me some pictures. Okay. All right. To, Great so. pictures. So I basically, uh, what is taking place? Yeah. There's, there's a big fist bump. Yeah, yeah. So there's four of us. Uh, we're all wearing our graduation. Uh, what do you call those things? Cloaks. Graduation. Dresses. Cap and gown. Cap and gown. There you go. We're not wearing caps though. Um, and this would be taking place on a stage. Uh, we're all fist bumping like the mighty, mighty Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. And we're basically we had just graduated. Uh, that's four of the graduates. That's Wes, Danielle, Ginger, and me. And we're all fist bumping because we just graduated a year-long program. When was that? Uh, that would have been January 2017. All right. Right. January 2018. I'm sorry. Just uh, yeah. So ago. I gra actually completed in uh, November, but the graduation wasn't for a few months later. So it's gotcha. like a three month. So gap. coming up on a year being completed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So we got to get years. We got to get you out of your comfort zone, girl. I know that's We got to right. get you going. Get me out of here. Come on. Uh -huh. We got to. All right. One more. All right. What's going on here? What's going on there? Oh, I'm so glad you picked that picture. So that is my, uh, that's Bianca mm -hmm. and me on my my sister's porch in Maine. My my grandma and my sister are in Maine now. They they moved away. Um, so that's me visiting. I think that's my second visit. I actually got um, my family didn't talk to me. Um, I'm sorry, that came out completely wrong. Me and my family um, were not speaking for like the first. 15 months of my recovery um when my mom passed my brother had reached out and it was it was super amazing I love my family and I was so worried that they didn't love me um my brother said if there's one difference that I see in you Lauren it's your honesty he said you're not hiding things you're not lying about who you were and what took place like you're just you and we never judged you for any of those things that you did. We just wanted you to, we just wanted Lauren. Um, so when he said that, so I've created this huge bond with my family that was missing for so long. I'm so grateful. Um, and yeah, so this was in the porch in Maine. It looks like a beautiful day. And I was just chilling with the dog and I took a selfie and we both look happy. So I posted it on social media. I love it. <laughs> That's the last one, man. Last one. Oh man. All right, so that's uh that's down at the uh we were taking a tour at the winery in Biltmore, which my mom actually worked at and I hadn't I was still in active addiction when that picture took place, but my friend Emily was the one behind us. She was visiting. I had just gotten out of prison. Um and I was staying with mom, you know, for a little while. And we were, were holding hands, and um, it was just, uh, I wish I could be like, I remember that day, but I don't think I do. I just have the picture. Um, 
But it just went to show me, even though me and my mom have been through so much together, like, I loved her. You know, I'm sitting there holding her hand in a public place, and I know it meant the world to her, too. And, um, you know, one day we'll be in that same picture again together, so. Yeah, that's me and my mama. Thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. Got an amazing story. Yeah. Super privileged to have yes. had this conversation with you, oh, and man, I look forward too. to working with you in the future. Yes, let's do it. You too. Things. You too. So, mm-hmm. For sure. We got big goals. Big goals. You're a part of it. Hell yeah! Let's make right? a difference in the world. Make a difference in the world. So, what you got, man? Closing thoughts? Anybody? I gave you some time. I bought you some time, man. Oh, <laughs> I had a brain for it. <laughs> I, I was buying you some time. Lauren, what you got to say to our audience before we wrap this thing up? Uh, you know, just super grateful that I get to be here. Um, super grateful for all the people in my life today, my recovery. Um, I'm so grateful for all the support that, that people showed and all the encouraging words that I got. I'm really happy I got to see you again, Caleb, and I really hope I get to see you in the future. Same with you, Stephen. Um, just really appreciate you getting to be on your show. Um, and I hope we're going to make it happen. That's right. We're going to exchange some information here, and, and you know, getting you some times. Hopefully, uh, if we have to, we'll, we'll get you. We'll come pick you up or something. You know. All right. Well, I can always make a ride work. Yeah, I can okay. do that. I'm, I'm good at that part so All right. far. So tomorrow night we'll be over in Cherokee. Five thirty. Oh yeah, yeah. That's some- right. Doing a class. Yep. Y'all gonna go to Asheville for the drum circle thing? Parks, Parks, uh, what was it? Park maybe. Square. Park Square. Pack Square. Wait, yeah. when? Park uh, Square. Park Square. When is uh, that? What was it? <laughs> August 31st? Yeah, I'm doing the one over here, unfortunately. Okay. Unfortunately? Uh, fortunately. We're, <laughs> gonna, we're gonna be over there. I'm gonna do like, uh, we're doing, we got a little table set up for NC Raw and Okay, maybe, well, you got to be Maybe there, ga- right? grabbing yeah. some interviews and stuff. Steph- well, Stephanie, again, I guess I'll be over here. You'll be over here? Yeah. With me? Okay. Right you can always do both. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to NC Raw. Yes, thank you. Uh, you know, hey, we we did switch it up a little bit tonight. Yeah. It was. I thought that was a good little. We're gonna continue to do it. Okay. Because I'm gonna be able to meet with Lauren, you. Lauren, you did. You done amazing Woo! for real. Yeah. Give me five, buddy. Love you, man. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. Proud of you. It was beautiful. Yeah, it great. was. I'm very privileged to have you guys. So. Awesome. Uh, the NC Raw crew would like to thank today's musical contributors, Rival, whose work can be found on SoundCloud, Facebook, and YouTube by searching Rival727. And also a very special man. He told me today to say what's up to you, my dog, Alvin Hooks. Yes, Alvin. Hey, buddy. Great we're, guy, great guy. Yeah, we're gonna uh we're gonna close the show out with one of his songs. Cool, let's do um, it. Um but I was chatting with him earlier. He told me to say what's up to you. So yeah. he was on the we're on the, the show a while together. back. Right. Yep. Yeah. He was on the show a while back. So um his work can be found on Facebook at All or Nothing. Give his page a like. He's got a lot of new music coming out. Yeah, please do, guys. And then also SoundCloud by searching notes n-o-t-e-z all of our nc raw content is available by visiting our website at www.ncraw.life while you're there subscribe by dropping your email address into the search bar 
so that you can receive exclusive content offers. Every time we release a show, you'll receive an email. We shall close the show out with the track from Notes called Daily Observation. Get it, Notes. Thanks for tuning in. Million dollar question. Look. Am I really gonna change? That's the million dollar question. Looking in this mirror, daily observation. Do I have determination, strong will, and motivation? All that plays a factor. Daily observation. Am I gonna change? That's the million dollar question. Looking in this mirror, daily observation. Do I have determination, strong will, and motivation? All that plays a factor in my daily observation. When I was flipping in the streets for times when I didn't care, screaming, I don't care. Y'all can kick me out of here cause I'm bucking. But are you Turn in another direction Hustling, flipping, making money Hoping I make it in Nazi jail or prison Or six feet walls Knowing if I would've chilled it when it came to this But now I'm laid out stuck In the dug up ditch With my son without a father My girl without a husband All because I bought in the street And I'm that something But the whole time it was nothing They running their mouth When I should've just shut down And blocked them out But I chose to hold me homie And got took out Now behind my emotions I lost everything and the only thing that I got left is the memory Got family that's missing me, the cries of a dope fiend Then I woke up sweating from heck of a bad dream Am I really gonna change? That's the million dollar question Looking in this mirror, daily observation Do I have determination, strong will and motivation? All that plays a factor, daily observation Am I gonna change? That's the million dollar question Looking in this mirror, daily observation Do I have determination, strong will and motivation? All that plays a Factor in my daily observation. If I really think about it, I made it through some rough years. Mind over matters, sticking stuck now I'm right here. I ain't going nowhere, cause I know where I came from. Scarred from the inside out, that pain hurts. But that dirt that I did in my babies, that's even worse. Now I build my foundation off a lot of dedication. I'm blessed that I made it out of plenty situations. And times like these give me plenty motivation. Now I'm looking in this mirror, my eyes a little clearer. Face more brighter, and my frame a little thicker, my speech more proper and a lot less slicker, man going with your bad self notes, you doing good but don't forget where you came from and that's the hood with a brand new living, a brand new attitude whole lot of gratitude, knowing where I could have been, on my knees praying and thanking God I could try again am I really gonna change, that's the million dollar question, looking in this mirror daily observation, do I have determination, strong will and motivation all that plays a factor daily observation, am I gonna change that's the million dollar question looking in this mirror daily observation do i have determination strong will and motivation all that plays a factor in my daily observation that's my daily observation it's my daily observation am i gonna change it's a million dollar question all that plays a factor in my daily observation yeah this is my daily observation look it's my daily observation. Am I gonna change? It's a million dollar question. All this plays a factor in my daily observation. Daily observation. Daily observation. It's my daily observation. It's my daily observation. Daily observation. Daily observation. It's my daily observation. Daily observation.